Well, I blacked the fuck out with Joe drinking two bottles of wine and owning noobs on Halo. That was tight. What is up, everyone? We are back for a Super Bowl episode. And when you have the Super Bowl, you get a Super Bowl pod. Joining me, as always, Derek. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Uh, Ryan. Doing all right. Back as always. Wow, yeah. Derek just kind of moves in on my territory there. I don't even really get an intro. All right. Well, good start. Great start. All right, boys. We got the Super Bowl. It's the 52nd Super Bowl, hosted by NBC at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. Over under right now is 48, and current line, Pats, minus 4.5. So let's get into it. Let's get into a game breakdown. Now, what we think uh, we're going to do for you guys out there today is we're going to give the offensive strategy first for each of the teams, basically what we think they're going to do uh, offensive-wise. For me, we're going to start off at New England. I think they're going to try to run the ball well. Philly has a great pass rush. If they can wear them out with the run game, it'll slow them down. I expect Josh McDaniels to have the O-line and offense condition to run it 30 plus times with that said brandon cooks fared well against the jags and especially against aj boye who is a far better corner than eagles ronald ronald darby or jalen mills assuming gronk can come back healthy they should be able to get a good matchup with either cooks gronk or even chris hogan another trick that i think they'll employ to slowing down that pass rush would be to push the pace early on and not huddle so that the eagles can't substitute and fatigue will set in Right now, Gronk is currently in step four out of five uh, during the concussion protocol. He's uh, currently doing non-contact football injuries, so it looks like he will be good to go for the Super Bowl. Derek, what do you think New England's going to do in the Super Bowl? Oh, I absolutely agree with you uh, by, by them uh, needing to control the pace here because uh, that Eagles pass rush is going to be a huge factor here. Um, you know, in the end, you got the absolute veteran Tom Brady, and he's going to do Tom Brady things. Um I'm not too worried about that, but yeah, you definitely need to get the rush going. So he has time in the, uh, in the pocket and you get the defense fatigued. Uh, one of the main questions here, as you already mentioned is, is Gronk healthy and playing and signs are looking pretty good that he is. So, um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything you just said there. Ryan, how do you think new England attacks Philly's defense? Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, like strong pass defense and everything. I think they're going to try to grind it out too in the running game. Then you're going to see a lot of like typical Tom Brady, like zero read, like screens and like bubble passes, like something like really short and try to just like gain like some small yardage off of that. Just really just kind of trying to grind out this Philly defense. Um, but like you guys said, it's going to be major if Gronk can come back. Um, he kind of had a quiet half the first game, but then he kind of got targeted. And after even before he went out, I mean, I thought he was going to start heating up. And that was like the one thing this offense was missing last week. So if they can get Gronk back, I think this offense is going to have a pretty pretty good time against the Eagles. Yeah, and Deion Lewis is perfect for those short dump-off passes. So I'm sure uh, Brady would lo- love to have Gronk back. And we'd be looking at Deion Lewis early and often. So let's switch it over to Philly. I think they have to be able to move the ball multiple ways. We've seen this every single time Belichick comes up against a good team. He is going to always take out the best part of the opposing team's offense by doubling them or loading the box in case it's a run game. Last week, Eagles OC Frank Reich did a great job of getting receivers open so Foles could just really make confident throws. Almost every time a receiver is wide open, so I think if they get Jay going and they can run the ball somewhat effectively, it will help take off the double teams and get those receivers open like Zach Ertz, like Alshon Jeffrey, 
So we'll see if, uh, if they'll be successful. Ryan, I'm going to throw it right back to you. How do you think uh, your hometown Philly right now is going to move the ball against this Patriots defense? I mean, what, here's what I hope they don't do. I hope they don't let Nick Foles kind of take command of this offense. I mean, yeah, he's a great in all like all of his postseason games, even that year that he had that amazing season. But I wouldn't trust him to uh, take control of this game and try to put it on his shoulders to win. They have to grind it out. Jay Jahi, love him, great guy. I used to play like football with him back in high school. But he's just a downhill runner. He's not in that explosive. I think they're going to try to grind it out with him, then maybe give Zach Ertz a little more attention in the passing game, just give Foles like, some easy throws to make. I don't think he should be throwing it down the field too often, but when he does, he needs to make like smart game manager passes. Right on. Derek, what do you think the Eagles are going to try to do to move the ball? Uh, well, really, I think they just have to kind of slow this game down and uh, get uh, chained together uh, – you know, long drives, got a bunch of first downs here. You can't get a lot of uh, three and outs here because um, you need to give that defense some rest for uh, Tom Brady. So, you know, the main question here for the Eagles uh, offense is, you know, which Nick Foles is going to show up, right? Sometimes um, he looks uh, pretty poor, particularly at the end of the season when he uh, was first starting uh, for the Eagles after the Wentz injury. But then you look at last uh, weekend against the Vikings and he just uh, looked impeccable. So, you know, what Foles is going to show up? Is he going to shine in the uh, spotlight or is he going to choke? You know, it's just that remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. So let's switch it to the other side of the ball defense. Now, for New England, normally Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia, like, like I said, like to take out whatever you do best. But with the Eagles, I'm not so sure what that is. They ran JHI 17 times for 73 yards last week, even in an absolute route. He only got 17 carries, which is not that much considering how much they were winning. But Zach Ertz can also present a matchup problem and was the team's leading receiver in the regular season. Alshon Jeffrey also looked pretty good last week, but outside of that 53-yard blown coverage, he only had four catches for 32 yards. So I'm not sure how reliable he is uh, for each snap. So, Derek, what do you think New England tries to do and what do you think they stop? Uh, well, I mean, I, I really think they need to just uh, get get to Nick Foles and uh... – uh, rush him a lot because I mean they need to take advantage of uh, you know his lack of experience and and potentially you know if he chokes and in, in, in the spotlight like I mentioned before so I mean Patriots defense isn't particularly sexy and they haven't been that great so um, you know I, I, I really just think you need to get uh, get to Nick Foles start chipping away at him and and you know get him to throw some interceptions get, and win the turnover battle Ryan what do you think Billy Belichick does this time. Uh, I mean, this this offense, uh, he's so underrated. But Zach Ertz is one of my favorite tight ends in the league. He's fantasy gold if you ever owned him during a season. I would try to double-team Zach Ertz and kind of force them to throw it to uh, Burton on the other side. He's their other tight end, and they run a lot of two tight end sets. Um, I don't think you have to put too much pressure on Jay Ajahi. I mean, like you said, it took him 17 carries to get 70 yards. He's just a traditional like power horse, like down the middle like uh, type running back. I don't think you have to focus too much attention on him. But if he can take away those easy passes that Foles can make sometimes, then he's going to have some trouble. No kidding. So let's switch it to Philadelphia. We've seen this before with Brady. I think the trick is you have to be able to get pressure on him without blitzing. And you have to be able to do it throughout the entire game. Fletcher Cox has been a great defensive tackle for the Eagles. And I think he's going to present a huge problem for the Patriots. Brandon Graham almost had 10 sacks. Chris Long had five and forced that pick six last week in Minnesota. Or not in Minnesota, but versus Minnesota. Derek Barnett and Vinnie Curry also can provide uh, some additional 
uh, support off the off the off the bench. But the key, I think, is you have to be able to provide the consistent pressure without blitzing, and you have to not be able to get tired. It's a really tough ask, and we've seen teams that can do it though. They've been able to put the Pats in trouble. So, Derek, what do you think the Philly tries to do defensively? Well, I absolutely agree here. Uh, you you know. The Eagles' defensive line—they—they they have the talent to put that constant pressure on Brady with the four-man rush. Uh, you got to force him to release the ball earlier, just uh, get at him and start—you know—chipping away at him as well. Um, you know, Brady's only Super Bowl losses, as we all know, are to the newer uh, Giants. So, you know, that's another NFC East team that was managed to do this and get got away with the victory. So, um, as long as the Eagles do that, they—you know—they have a chance of winning this one. Brian, what do you think Philly tries to do to stop uh, the Golden Boy? Um, I mean. What you got to do is uh, Brady, you, you can't get to him because of his lack of inexperience. He's a smart guy. He's going to know where to put the ball at all times. But you do have that awesome pass defense. And I think you just got to make sure that you're not giving away any just easy pass plays. Um, the the Patriots running game is okay. I mean, I'm not too afraid of any of the teams like running game in this game. Um, but if you can force Brady to make like one or two bad decisions, if you can force like one, two takeaways from him, I think that could make this game. If Brady can throw one interception and the Eagles can like capitalize on that, that could win this game for them. All right, Ryan, you're from Philadelphia. It's now your new town. I want you to give me a case for Philly to win. Uh, well, per- personally, I don't want Philly to win. I just hate the entire fan base. The people are ridiculous. They are probably the most like just unrealistic fan base out there next to Cowboys fans. I guess it's an NFC East thing. But honestly, I just think they deserve this. Nobody likes the Patriots. Like, what a, what, a, what a town. It's a Rocky story. I mean, we're literally climbing up the steps of the Philadelphia the Art Museum, and we're training to beat this, like, Russian Drago, like, from Russia with all their, like, fancy training and everything while we're just, you know, Philly cheesesteak eaters and just sit around and pound beers, you know? I think this is it. We, we are the team to take them down. But like I said, I, I don't want any of these teams to win. Derek? Why don't you make the not necessarily the case for New England to win, but why are they the favorite to win? Well, you're talking about the absolute best quarterback in NFL history and the most successful one, and he's an absolute veteran. And I mean, I think, I mean, the page. I think the Patriots are going to win this one, uh, no problem. I don't think you have to make much of a case when you got Bill Belichick, the best NFL coach of all time, and the best quarterback of all time. You know. Um, the 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 sexier discussion here is talking about the the Eagles upset. I think the Patriots, uh, you know, everybody everybody's thinking, yeah, they're probably going to win. But I think even though the Eagles fan base is horrible, and I agree, I lived in Philly for a couple of years there, freaking assholes. But uh, they're tired of seeing the Patriots win, so I think everybody <laughs> thinks they're going to win. But um, you know, uh, Eagles Eagles could pull off an upset here. You mentioned sexy case for Philly, so I'm going to give mine. Look. You traded for Jay Ajayi because you wanted to be able to run the ball well. Stick to your plan and run the ball and hit your open receivers. If you can generate a consistent pass rush that can last all game, it's going to go a long way. Lastly, you have to have more than one plan for Gronk because it's likely not going to go as planned. If you can get a lead, you can't let up. We've seen the Patriots come back from deficits so many times. You got to keep the pressure on them, you got to be confident. And you got to know you got to play smart football out there. So that's my case for Philly to win. Now let's talk about some X factors. Now whatever you define as an X factor, we're going to define it as a player that's a little under radar that could have a big game in the Super Bowl. Ryan, who's your X factor for New England? Um, for New England, I mean, 
I, I, I hate to do this because it's just such an easy pick, but how can you not pick Tom Brady? I know, I know, I know he's, he's the face of the team, but seriously, I mean, like this guy has given this team so much success. Like they are the Patriots because of him and he is the X factor. He is the reason they win. They can be the reason they lose. I mean, it's all on his shoulders, basically. I don't know if that's an X factor, maybe like a factor, like the first yeah, factor. Yeah, like that's like <laughs> the A factor, like the factor. Uh, Derek, who do you think is the X factor for New England in this game? Uh, I think a lot of people are going to say Amendola here, but I really just think uh, you know how how is Gronk going to come back uh, from you know from the concussion uh, injury, and is he going to perform well in the playoffs? I mean, you know, he's a big piece of that offense, and he'll make Breeze's job a lot easier if he's really if he really shows up and competes. So, I mean. It really comes down to I think I think Brady you know no no question is going to play well but you know is is Gronk going to help him out and lighten the load a little bit and and you know perform as we would expect him to. So for me, it's a little too easy to say Gronk, who can totally ruin how a defense wants to play against an offense. I could also say Dion Lewis, who can even be more lethal in the pass game than the running game. But I'm going to go with like you said, Derek, Danny Amendola. There's going to be so much attention on Gronk. The Eagles are going to also have to worry about Brandon Cooks and his speed on the outside. And Deion Lewis will keep them on their toes for matchup problems in case he gets on a linebacker. So with all that attention on those three players, Amendola working out of the slot might be able to feast on what little the Eagles have left. And especially if that pass rush gets intense for Brady, look for him to dump it down on short routes like just like he did last week so that we can get rid of it. So let's switch it up to Philly. They're going to throw it right back to you, Derek. Who's Philly's X Factor in this game? Uh, I mean, man, this is this is just kind of an obvious one. Um, not really underground pick, but it really just comes out of Nick Foles, right? I mean, if, if he's not performing well at all, then, uh, you know, that offense is not going to be on the field and you're just not helping your defense at all against Tom Brady and need them to be as uh, conditioned as possible. Um, you know, if Nick Foles is looking looking like trash and they can't uh, string together any first downs, you know, it, the game's already won by the Patriots. So, you know. The, the the main factor here is definitely Nick Foles and like which which one shows up because we've we've seen many cases of both where he excels or he just looks like a disappointment. Ryan, how do the Philly cheesesteaks uh, approach with the X factor? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Malcolm Jenkins on defense. Uh, if Gronk plays there, he's definitely going to get a couple matchups with him. Um, not, not to mention that he brings nice, decent pressure and like blitz packages off the edge, but no, I, I think if you have a, with this like strong of a defense as past defense, especially whenever you have somebody like Malcolm Jenkins in the center there that can just kind of police the field and just really be an authority out there. If he, he, if he can shut down Gronk, then that is going to be an amazing thing for the Eagles. Yeah. You know, when I was going to pick my, uh, Philadelphia pick, I almost considered Fletcher Cox just because of how great of a defensive, uh, pass rush he is, but you know, on the offensive side, I'm not going to say Ajayi, and I'm not going to say Ertz because they're obviously the one and two options that the Eagles will use. Oddly enough, like you were mentioning, Derek, I'm going to say Nick Foles. If he can play the way he's been playing and not let the pressure get to him, that's going to be huge. He threw for over 350 yards last week against a Vikings defense that is regarded as one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. The Patriots are likely going to dare Foles to beat them, and if he can hit his throws – the Patriots defense might be in trouble. So those are our X factors. Guys, it's time for our score predictions and picks. Derek, what is your score prediction and who are you picking to come out on top? I think in similar fashion 
to the last time the Patriots and the Eagles met in the Super Bowl, I believe the Patriots are going to win 24 to 21. So it will be under the 48 and a half or 48 over under bet. And um, as well uh, as if you bet the Eagles against the spread, uh, you will win that as well. So that, that's my score prediction there. Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go just slightly higher. Um, I'm going to go 27-24. Derek, you went 24-21, right? Yep. Yeah, no, I, I think they're just going to get right over the over. Um, Patriots tend to play a really close Super Bowl. They never really blow out anybody. Um, so definitely I would take the Eagles against the spread, and that's like easy money. I think Vegas is uh, kind of baiting people into taking the Patriots um, just because, you know, it's the Patriots. They think they can blow them out. No, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Well, interestingly enough, the you know underdogs have been nine and one against the spread uh, in this year's playoffs and Super Bowl since two thousand. Underdogs have been twelve five and one against the spread, winning nine of those twelve outright. So you know, and then you look at um, Vegas. There's apparently uh, confirmed reports that the Let It Ride guy from the World Series bet four point two million dollars on the Eagles to win straight up. So, wow. I don't know. Wow. I don't know what's you know what inside change he has. Yeah, the, and then you look at the line, it opened up at a five and a half or six for the Patriots. It opened up down at six. To, it's already down to four it's, and a half. It's down to four and a half. I've even seen in some places it's at four. So there's a lot of like pro money coming for the Eagles. And um, yeah, I just find that interesting. I mean, that let it ride guy, he bet on Naganu and uh, in the UFC bout uh, not too long ago and like 100K and lost that. So it's not like he's a savant. He has lost, but it's clearly he has a lot of confidence in the Eagles. I'm, I'm not really sure, sure why, but it's interesting. They need to get a name to this guy already. That run was impressive. Ryan, what was your score one more time? Uh, 27-24, Patriots. All right. So I think this game is actually – and you guys kind of have it pretty close, so I won't have any disagreements with you all. But I think the I think Eagles are actually going to come out and play pretty well, at least in the first quarter. Um, so often what happens in the NFL is the first, like, 20 or so plays are very scripted, and they walk through them in practice. They know exactly what play is coming next. They don't have to communicate that much. There's not too much pressure. But what can happen is uh, in the second half and the ends of games, you're just going off of just what looks good against the defense. And I just don't don't think that uh, Eagles are going to be able to keep up. And I don't think that defensive pressure is going to be able to make it. Um, there's a lot of statistics to show that the Eagles defense is vastly inhibited whenever the offense goes no huddle. So I'm going to go with a Patriots win here. I think – that Gronk is going to present huge matchup problems. I think the Eagles cornerbacks are even worse that, or are much worse than the Jags cornerbacks. And I see Brandon Cooks, Chris Hogan, Damian Dola being able to pretty much do whatever they want. So I see the Patriots winning 27 to 23. It's going to, I think it's going to cover the over over and uh, it's, but it, I don't think it's going to cover the current spread, but I wouldn't bet on it personally right now, but just because of where I have it set where it's only a half point difference. Something interesting when I was looking this up, the margin of victory for all Patriots Super Bowl wins is pretty interesting. The first one, three. Second one, three. Third one, three. Fourth one, four. And the last one, the biggest margin of victory they've ever had is six against the Falcons in overtime. So if you're thinking, you know, if this if this spread would have stayed at six, it would have been pretty hard to take the Patriots, even with the Eagles having to throw out Nick Foles out there. So I think that's all for our game picks. You guys have anything betting-wise, any bets you're going to do? Are you going to bet the over? Are you going to bet the under? Are you going to bet with the spread? Do you feel confident? 
Uh, me, me personally, I'm, I'm, I may bet uh, for you know Eagles uh, keeping it uh, and and winning the spread here. Um, but if this if uh, it keeps going down at four and a half, four, I'm getting less confident in that uh, pick. So if you wanted to do that, I would have hit it up early. I don't yeah, think Sam. Um, if I bet, I'll probably go Eagles with the spread. Um, I'm a little hesitant just because I got burned with all the over and unders and the money lines on the uh, the last round. So I'm still hurt there, but if I had to, I'd take Eagles with the spread. Well, the thing is with Super Bowls too is uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because it's a big game. There's a lot of pressure. They're pretty, they're fairly low scoring. So I mean, it's not like the under is a terrible pick here either. Yeah, I think I also read that the Patriots, oddly enough, have not scored in the first quarter of any Super Bowl. So I'm gonna have to go double check that. But that is a very interesting statistic, if true. So that's all of our spread picks, game game predictions. And uh, we're going to get into some halftime show talk now. All right, so this year's halftime show, back again after the wardrobe malfunction incident, is Justin Timberlake. Ryan, how are you feeling about this uh, year's halftime show performer? Um, I mean, I'm pretty nostalgic. I'm not going to lie. The first time I ever saw a boob in my life was during the, like, what, th- I was in third grade, so during that halftime show. It was a it was a pretty big step in my life, and I'm just glad we're bringing it back just to make sure that all the fans remember where they were whenever they saw that. Derek, what do you think about this uh, year's halftime performance? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in the past, the uh, you know Super Bowl performances or the halftime performances, uh, they always have like a special guest and whatnot. So it would be freaking hilarious if they brought out Jan Jackson again, and you know, we have a repeat boob fiasco. That'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, I'm I'm wondering, you know, who else is going to show up? Like I said, there's always some. Uh, additional artists that will like join in the mix but i just really hope that they don't do any freaking political statements and during the halftime like it, it seems like every every damn halftime in recent history everybody's doing all these political statements and stuff like that why can't we just perform and then get back to football i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if they have her come out and they like you know they like like reenact it and like make a joke out of it uh, just to like kind of laugh at themselves. Um, but yeah, you're right. I'm kind of excited to see who they also incorporate into the performance. Um, I think my favorite was when they had uh, was it Slash from uh, Guns N' Roses. That was pretty cool a while back. All right. So we're going to get into a little bit of Super Bowl party talk. Uh, first thing we're going to kick it off with is the best foods to have now. I don't know how um, violent you guys feel about this or strong you feel about this, but I feel pretty strong about some of these foods. So I'll give my top three to kick us off here. I think at number three for me is nachos. Like loaded to the brim, nachos are a delicious Super Bowl party uh, favorite to have. It's great. They're delicious. Um, Number two, any kind of barbecue, whether that's ribs, whether that's brisket, pulled pork sandwiches, barbecue is delicious and it's even better at a Super Bowl party. And number one is hand down, hands down easily wings. It's the, one of the first things you think of when you think of a Super Bowl party um, and the foods that you eat. Any kind of flavor, whatever you want, highly recommend Wingstop. Uh, just going to throw a plug in there. And uh, Ryan, why don't you give uh, your uh, the vegan side, I guess, if you want, or vegetarian side of the uh, – best foods to have yeah uh it, it is definitely gonna be vegetarian friendly but third uh i'm definitely gonna say nachos i'm a big fan of you the only thing is you have to be like on your shit reheating that all the time because if you wait too long then it can kind of curdle and that can just ruin your entire experience um the second for me is uh spinach or artichoke dip and then like a solid like chip 
I mean, that's just solid. And and you're getting some vegetables. You're sitting there pounding drinks all day. You, you need to get something to flush you out. And then first, um, it's just a big fan of mine. I just love like bean dip. I think it's like the most like American sit down, watch some football, drink some beer thing that you could possibly have. Bean dip, vegetables, and uh, nachos. Love it, <laughs> Derek. What are your top three foods for the Super Bowl party? Well, I think I think uh, you, you know. Don't, don't get me wrong. I freaking love nachos, but the thing is, when you're with, with a party with a bunch of people, everybody's hands are getting in them and all that stuff. You know, potentially. I mean, if you have your you know your own side dish of nachos, by all means, yeah, sure. But there's foods that are better than that. Uh, I think my number three would have to be uh, chips and salsa. I guess any kind of dip, really. But I'm really, really fan of like chunky salsa with the tortilla chips. But bean dip's great too. Spinach artichoke dip's pretty, pretty good too. You could do the queso, but you know, as Ryan kind of mentioned, you it gets you know, you, you just have to keep reheating it and all that, and it kind of gets gross towards the end. But yeah, chips and dip in general is really good. Uh, I really like pigs in a blanket at number two. Um, I <sighs> I can't remember like in the old Super Bowls parties that we had in the past, like they, they actually had those, but in my recent ones in the past few years, we had them. And I just, now I just say, you know, I can't go without them at the party. So I like those. And I mean, we all knew that my number one was going to be chicken wings. I'm a chicken wing uh, absolutist. I'm, a, I'm probably the biggest chicken wing fan, you know. So you got to have those. Um, absolutely the best Super Bowl food there. Pigs in a blanket are very delicious. You know, Derek's got to have his little wieners for Super Bowl party. Uh, for honorable mentions, I got to throw in chips in there, whatever kind. Just chips are like the go-to Super Bowl uh, party favorite. I love seeing the statistics after the Super Bowl of how many chips were approximately consumed just for that one day. It's really ridiculous to see. Also, I could always go for some like brownies or any kind of dessert at Super Bowl party. Also, a very must-have delicious. So what are the – Ryan, you know – how you have the watch party and there's that one guy you just hate for whatever reason what's the worst kind of person to have to watch the game with um for me it's anybody who is a fan of any of the teams in the super bowl because first off this is (laughs) no no no. this is like a big moment for them like this is like the entire culmination of possibly like their like sports fandom and you can't like make fun of them because they're like sitting there feeling bad if they're losing and then if they're happy that their team's winning you just fucking hate them because your team's not in the super bowl so you know that's just the worst part it's a lose-lose situation if they win or lose you know what's funny is i had actually had that as one of mine anyone who actually has a team in the super bowl because you're right yeah you can't shit on them too bad because you feel a little bad if they're getting blown out like last year but uh and then you know if they're winning then you're just like okay you know screw you my team still sucks and almost everyone else in there you know their team didn't make it they didn't do it that good so you know you just feel jealous a lot of hate a lot of uh a lot of uh, saltiness in the room if anyone is actually a fan of the teams in the Super Bowl. Derek, who's uh, the worst kind of person to watch the, uh, the big game with? Well, I've got three for you, Joey. I've got three really oh, annoying yeah. people for yeah. Super Bowl parties. Because they, give me them. Give me first, them. Off, first off, there are so there are so many annoying people at these freaking parties. Let's just get right to it. They, that is so true. I had, I had three myself. So I mean, okay, so maybe we'll have the same. So I Okay, so there's this one person I know in particular. Um when the Patriots and the Seahawks were playing each other, uh, we were watching the game and uh, one of our buddies was a Patriots fan. Everybody else didn't care who really won. They were just kind of hoping for a good game. Well, someone that knew nothing about football, I think he'd never watched a game of football in his life, or that whole that whole season at least, would just wanted to root for, uh, for the Seahawks. So every, time, every time the Seahawks scored, you know, he would go crazy. He doesn't actually know what's going on. And, you know, basically was just being annoying to the one friend that actually had ties to the Patriots. I think that's really freaking annoying, especially if you don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
Um, the Another really annoying person is that NFL offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach guy. You know, the guy that talks about the damn strategy the entire game. You know, like he might as well just join the league at that point and like go on, go on one of the coaching staffs. I don't know. Armchair quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if, you, if you're just talking all, all the time, I mean, let's just sit back. Let's enjoy the game. Um, you know, you can just shut your mouth for just a little bit. I mean, to be honest, most Super Bowl watchers are just kind of drinking and eating and then you periodically check on, check on the game. You know what I mean? So we don't need your full analysis every, every play. Also, the third person is, you know, Super Bowls, obviously on Sunday, you're going to drink a ton of beer. Uh, you're going to have someone, you know, whether it's male or female, tell you, well, you have work tomorrow, man. Why are you, why are you drinking so much, man? Just, you know, cool the jets, blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, listen here. It's the Super Bowl, and we're going to drink as much beer as we freaking like. And a lot of America is going to be suffering on that Monday, and that's just a well-known fact. If your boss or your supervisor doesn't understand that Monday is just going to be a little rough, maybe you're not going to be as productive because of the Super Bowl, then they're just a boner. Plain and simple. Well so, yeah. stated, Derek. So I have, I have three listed as well, and one of them I already gave away – just like Ryan said, anyone that has a team in the Super Bowl, and I also that I'll go with a little asterisk, especially if they're like a, what I would call a hashtag fake fan, and I've never seen them like talk or know anything about the season or anything any of players at all, and then uh, they jump on that bandwagon. My other one is the overly hype guy who goes crazy after like a small hit or like a ten yard play. He's like, "Oh shit!" I hate that person. The number two is the guy that yells at the refs in every single play. Like, you don't need to scream at them for the terrible calls every single play. Everyone else is just trying to have a good time. Just sit down, shut up, and watch the game. Hate that guy. You guys got anything to add about the Super Bowl parties? Yeah, um, I have honorable mention for one, and that's uh, the hot girl at the party that has never watched football and will constantly ask you how the rules work which team is which and what is going on. Like, and this is the type of girl that you have to explain to her that a touchdown is worth six points. And you're going to say this at least seven times in the span of three hours. And it just won't, it just won't register. And it's just like, I, I don't understand how people are like this. Like surely you watch the Super Bowl every year. Can you not retain like the simple, like base knowledge of football? Also like, you know, you, you know, damn well, you're not even paying attention anyways when you ask those questions. So like, just don't even bother. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about commercials. You guys got any commercials uh, you like uh, looking forward to see? Because I got a couple. Well, personally, I think uh, usually the beer companies have pretty solid ones. I always think those are probably the, mo- the funniest ones. For some reason, one of my favorite ones ever is that one second wa- long one that Miller High Life had like years ago where he's just like, High Life. It's just one second. <laughs> it, was, it was so great. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Super Bowl commercials in general are usually usually pretty funny, so I just look forward to them in general. So uh, you know, so I think last year was a little weak, if I remember correctly, in terms of commercials. But yeah, it just in general, was, I hope there's some really funny ones. Yeah, I feel like there's sometimes they're just you know hit or miss. Sometimes they're just funny, sometimes they're not, and they can be very similar commercials. Uh, like me and we and Ryan were discussing pre-show, it cost seven point seven million dollars for just a thirty-second ad in this Super Bowl. So. They're going to put a lot of time and effort into it. So they usually run it by a lot of people and see if it's funny. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to a Dilly Dilly commercial. I think I think it's getting a little old at this point, but I think they're going to end it with the Super Bowl one, and I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Another one is always the Doritos commercials. Doritos always uh, kills it. They have a great, they have great uh, minds out there with the ads. Um, always really funny. Ryan, any commercials you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, yeah, I – this one's actually just a personal thing for me because 
I I hope that they like wait until like the third or fourth quarter to show the Budweiser Clydesdale horse with like an adorable golden retriever that like becomes friends with a horse because I just bought an adorable new puppy and I will be the first one there next to that drunk hot girl that has no clue about the Super Bowl with my puppy and I will time that out perfectly so swatch out. Proud of you, Ryan. Yeah, the Budweiser Clydesdale commercial is always one of the best. Very uh, heartwarming. So. Let's get into a little fun uh, part. We're going to talk some Super Bowl prop bets. Now, if you're not really sure what these are, these are every single Super Bowl. They have all, I mean, almost hundreds, if not thousands of little crazy bets you can make on the big game, whether it's commercials, national anthem stuff, Gatorade color, you name it. So we're just going to go through a couple of our favorite. We'll each make our picks and uh, we'll see who ends up coming up on, um, up on top. So. We're going to go through each one of these. Um, I'm going to try to keep track of where everyone's at as far as the bets. And then uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do a little uh, punishment or something for whoever gets last or something. And then first one can uh, pick it out. We'll see. Uh, first one I'm going to go with, heads or tails on the coin toss. Now, the the prop bet for this is minus 102. So it's either way, heads or tails, it's the same odds, obviously. Um, now, Derek, which way are you leaning on the heads or tails bet? Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, are thinking, uh, you know, isn't it 50-50? Actually, in some books, the tails is actually favored by a slight percentage. So, no, sometimes it's not 50-50. Um, I am leaning for tails here. Every time I flip a coin, um, I always pick tails. I don't know why. I think a lot of other people do the same. So, yeah, I'm just going to go with the gut there on that one. But, I mean, this is this is a pretty ridiculous bet here and, and really not that fun. At least some of the others are, you know, more fun. See, I kind of like it. It's almost like a red or black on roulette, except you don't have, like, I don't know, green and or zero and double zero. So, it's a little better for you. Ryan? So, Derek, you're going with tails? I'm going with tails. All right. Ryan, where are you going? In, in the words of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, tails never fails. So, I got to go tails. All right, I was gonna go tails too, but just to be uh, just to get some diff- differentiation here, I'm gonna go heads. Uh, we'll see uh, how that uh, works out. Well, you know what you know what I don't like about that too is you know the the refs always flip it and then flip it again uh, after it lands or whatever. You know what I mean? Actually, or or do they do the traditional uh, toss and it lands on the field? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what they do. But. Was it the last year Super Bowl where he yeah. went to? Uh, or no, it was like the Aaron Rodgers like Hail Mary game where he it went into overtime and he went to flick the coin and it just stayed perfectly level the entire time and landed on the ground. And it, oh which is like unbelievable, like how a coin could you could just drop like flick it up in the air and it just stay completely level and never actually flip. So, all right. Next, uh, Derek, why don't you give us a, a prop bet, and we'll uh, we'll pick on that. Well, uh, I think the national anthem length is a very popular one uh, in the offshore books. So I was actually pretty fascinated by this. I looked up some numbers real quick while we were talking. Um, so Pink, as we all know, is doing the national anthem uh, this year, and it. The over/under is set at 120 seconds. Now, these offshore books they start uh, start the clock when they first start singing and stop singing. So all that ridiculous stuff with the drones and all that last year, um, or whatever year that was, Gaga. Maybe that was two years ago. Anyways, that all that ridiculous stuff in the beginning uh, that does not contribute to the time. If you look back at uh, you know the past like 25 or so uh, national anthems. Uh, they average about 115.4 seconds or a minute and 55 seconds. So they're thinking pink's going to go a little longer than that. Actually, only nine of the past 27 went over two minutes. I mean, you could have 
let's see. Uh, you could be Jewel, who has an actual absolute speed run at 87 seconds in 1998, or you could you know sit there and be Alicia Keys and sit there for 155 <laughs> seconds. Like, I can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, I, I don't remember how you can even make it that long. But geez, um, I think a lot of people are actually betting the under for Pink. But yeah. So that's interesting that you said the over under is. Uh, you said wait. You said 120 seconds, right? Yeah, 120. Okay. okay, never mind. Yeah, that's what I have. Over actually is um, the one that's more likely of at minus 150. The under is at plus 110. So like you're saying, Derek, only nine of the last 27 have uh, gone over 22 minutes. So the history favors the under here, but Vegas favors the over. So what was your pick, Derek? Uh, I'm actually going to go under here. You know, I think pink pink's pink's not all that flashy. You know, she's kind of got like a little, like kind of like dikey vibe going sometimes. I don't think she's going to go crazy with this one. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm, I'm not going to go with history here. I'm going to do a different way. I'm going to say it's over. And just because, I mean, I didn't even think that pink was still a thing. Like, honestly, like I, I totally forgot she existed. If you put a gun in my head, I probably couldn't even tell you one song that she sang in her career. So I feel like for her, this is like her time to shine. This is where she takes back her career. Maybe she gets a TV show after this or something. But in order to do that, you have to be on TV for as long as possible. And that's why I'm taking you over. Interesting. So, I, you know, part of me wanted to go under just because I feel I could see them uh, getting nervous out there and just trying to, uh, you know, press through it really quickly but you know what the last three have all been over two minutes and i think they're they're getting a little more dramatic with it so i'm gonna go with the over and uh take the vegas favorite here there's also another interesting prop bet to go along with the national anthem and it's uh thanks to one was it um lady gaga that forgot the words uh yeah i think so right i think that's right yeah that, that was recent though i forgot who it was all right, so basically, it's that the prop is: Will Pink forget a word from the national anthem? Yes, is plus three hundred. No, is minus five hundred. Derek, where do you think you're going with this one? Uh, I mean, I just would feel so bad for a performer if they mess that up on such a big stage. So I'm not going to root for her to mess up. I don't think she's going to forget anything here. I'll just take the massive favorite here that she won't. All right, Ryan. Um. I don't how, – how do they judge this? I can't really understand half the words that they're singing half the time because they're doing all that like weird diva, like chains the inflections on everything. So, I mean, I think if she forgot a word, she could kind of just bullshit her way through this. So I'm going to say that she doesn't forget it or even if she does, she just plays it off. So you're going to say no? I'm saying no, yeah. I feel like saying no or saying yes is kind of a little un- un-American because you're just like hoping that you know they screw up the national anthem. But uh, just to get some differentiation again, because you guys are both agreeing, I'll say yes, uh, hoping she forgets something. So we'll see about that. Now, Ryan, do you have a prop bet that you want to throw up here? Yeah, um, just because we're biased and we're trying to stay on brand. Um, there's a prop bet for over-unders. Somebody says dilly dilly during the broadcast. And it's at 12 and a half right now. Um, I don't know if it's if a dilly dilly counts as two or do you, or, or, or is it one dilly? I, it's either 12 dillies or 12 dilly dillies, and that's that's really going to change impact what I think. So 20 that's points. A yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge consideration. That's a huge consideration. It's either 24 <laughs> single dillies or 12 dilly dillies. Um, yeah, I think I mean, it's the dilly dilly. And so so you're saying that basically this is – they're hoping that it mostly comes from the uh, – basically how many times do they say it in the commercial is what this bet is, right? Yeah. Hmm. 
No, no, no. I no. It's during the broadcast. Well, I know, but I mean, saying. it's unlikely anyone's gonna. I mean, unless they say like in the in like an audible, which Ben Roethlisberger sometimes said, or like as an no, audible. No, I, I feel like I feel like I can I can hear Al Michaels being like trying to be funny and be like, oh, uh, just came back from that dilly dilly commercial or something like that. I'm sure I'm sure they're gonna work their way in it somehow. Um, my my thinking is uh, twelve is kind of obsessive if it's twelve dilly dillies or twenty four dilly dilly or dillies. So I'm probably going to go under here, but I feel like they they could work this into the broadcast somehow. I don't like that it's at 12. It should be at like 11 and a half. So there's always a winner and a loser. Yeah, Derek. Well, no, it's 12 and a half. Oh, okay, Derek. What's uh, what's your pick? Well, I mean that that has to that has to include the commercials, right? I mean, oh, yes. there's, there's no yes. way they say that during the broadcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so I don't know. I love those commercials. I want to go over here. I just I, I hope they have some really really great ones, and maybe even like a kind of like a running theme. So we have like a story of dilly dillies throughout the entire broadcast. And so yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's if it's dilly dilly counts as one, twelve is actually pretty ridiculous. But I'll still go with the over. Now, if one dilly counts. Um, then that's actually pretty easy to hit. So I don't know. I guess I'll go over here. Well, based off the commercials, it's always like uh, the lead, you know the guy, the king, or whatever, say dilly dilly, and then the crowd responds. So pretty much any time there's a cue, there's, you're going to get two. So basically, you need six cues to get the dilly dilly uh, to hit the. Or you need seven to get the over. So um, I'm going to go over just to stay on brand uh, and. Uh, hope they uh, say a lot of dilly dilly during the broadcast. So let's go back to another popular one, the Gatorade color. So this is basically what color will the Gatorade be for the winning team uh, for the coach that gets splashed at the very end of the game. Now, the there's five colors that they have listed. Lime, green, and yellow are all combined into one as a plus 225 favorite. Orange is sitting at plus 250. Red is sitting at plus 275. Clear slash just regular water plus 375. Blue plus 1,000. Purple plus 1,000. So, Derek, where are you going with your color on the Gatorade here? Well, I mean, I was doing, I was doing a little recon here uh, that, like, uh, in, in past Patriots Super Bowl wins, it's almost always lime green, based on what I can tell. So, um, and and also lime green, you know, is not a bad pick uh, because the Eagles, you know, you know, one of their main colors is green. Uh, also, when they won the uh, NFC Championship game, I believe the Gator was also lime green there as well. So I probably wound up picking that. Uh, but like when you look at it, I was kind of thinking like, oh, clear wouldn't be a bad guess here either because both teams have white as uh, one of their main colors. But I don't know. I, I, I think clear is one of my favorite flavors of Gatorade, but for whatever reason, they don't usually have that one. Um, yeah, I guess lime green is probably going to be my pick. I'm loving the uh, background research into all these prop bets. Ryan, where are you going? Um, I'm going to flip it up. I, I think the Patriots are going to win, and I think the Patriots are also going to implode after the season. I think we're going to see a lot of shakeup in the organization. So I think they go with the worst Gatorade flavor, flavor ever made, and that's red. Um, I don't really know – anybody who enjoys fruit punch the Gatorade flavor I mean with blue I mean you, you just got to go blue every time it's classic so I'm gonna go with the worst Gatorade flavor red interesting take there I love the uh are, are you just you, you want to see red in the Patriots organization you just want to see it all blow up Ryan is that the yeah I want to see it all blow up and I feel like Belichick would be like you know what stick it to Brady here you go have the worst flavor of Gatorade for your last Super Bowl <laughs> 
Oh, that'd be so petty. I'm going to go with orange here uh, just to just to change things up a little bit. So it looks like we're all in the top three favorite, and uh, we'll see what color is splashed. Any more prop pets, guys? Uh, there's two uh, interesting ones in particular that I liked. Uh, how many times on the day of the Super Bowl will President Trump tweet? Over five is the favorite here. Under five is even money. Uh, Tr- Trump just tweets a lot in general. It seems like that man never shuts the hell up. So, I mean, it doesn't even, ha- even have to be about the Super Bowl. I feel like he tweets over five almost every day. So I'd probably pick over five on that one. And also, will Tom Brady's jersey be stolen again? And you'd be surprised about this. The odds are 10 to 1. That's really not that bad. So <clears throat> that'd be actually absolutely incredible if we had a repeat of that. So those are two interesting ones. There. Ryan, why don't uh, you give your over-under on the, the tweet? Um, I don't really have a Twitter but, I mean, I guess he's a really Twittery guy, if that's a word. So I'm going to go over. I just feel like uh, there's going to be a lot of attention paid to him, and he just loves attention. So probably go for the attention. I'll go under here. Um, I, could see, uh, I could see a national anthem tweet. Or I could see a morning tweet, a national anthem tweet, a halftime show tweet, and then maybe like an end-of-game tweet. So like four. But it's going to be close. Um but will it, would I be surprised if he went over? No, absolutely not. Uh, as far as the, the jersey getting stolen, um, 10 to 1. Like you're saying, Derek, that's uh, that's like not that not that big of odds uh, to, for the, super, the jersey getting stolen. I, I just love that they launched like an FBI investigation for the last time that happened. So, uh, Derek, what would you go there, yes or no? Well, I mean, I, I mean, you think uh, since it happened uh, last year, you, you know, there's going to be like extra security to the point where like that's just not going to happen at all. So, I mean, I just, I, although it's pretty incredible that ten to one is are the odds, that's pretty pretty extremely high for something like that. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. They're going to have that thing under like laser security cam or some or some crazy security after that game for sure. I just, it can't happen. Ryan, um, no, I mean. <sighs> I just don't think you can get away with it in this time and age, especially if like it's out there known that people are going to try to bet on this, and somebody may try to sneak in and steal it just to uh, benefit themselves. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I was going to differentiate and say yes, but I agree. I mean, they're going to have that thing locked up like Fork Knox. He probably won't even take it off. Actually, just keep it on uh, based off what happened last time because that last one was pretty important to him. All right, guys. Any other prop bets? Anything else on the Super Bowl before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, there, I did find one, um, I, I may put like a dollar on it, but it's like, will there be a wardrobe malfunction? And it's like, uh, yes is like plus like 1500 and no is like minus 4,000. So I may throw a dollar on yes, just to, for the fuck of it, you know? But like, I see that just seems like, so like, what do they consider a wardrobe malfunction? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like anything can kind of be considered a wardrobe malfunction unless they're looking for like an explicit, like Janet Jackson, like type thing. I don't, I feel like that may be an easy bet to win. I mean, it depends on who your Bucky is and how cool he is with you, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would just hammer the no and know that like, they're not even going to even try anything that should involve any, uh, wardrobing, uh, Derek, you got. I'm assuming you're going to say uh, no on that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It seems it seems fairly vague, but yeah, I guess I'll just. I'll go, go with the no on the titty action. Also, uh, hopefully they figured they learned their lesson from last time. Wasn't I think the last time wasn't that just when like TiVo had came out and like everyone like had just got TiVo in their their homes and were able to watch that over and over and over again. So yeah, that went over really well. All right, guys. Anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, no, I'm All good. right, guys. Hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, hope you have a great time. Eat good foods. Shut up those people that suck. 
Um, follow us on Twitter at the BBB pod. Follow Derek at what's your username, Derek? It is Derek R. Nissen, D-E-R-E-K-R-N-I-S-S-E-N. And then uh, we'll wait for Ryan to get a Twitter before uh, we uh, start giving him plugs. Uh, please give us some five-star reviews if you like the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate those. For Ryan, for Derek, I'm Joey. See you later, folks.